What is going on, this, that, and those listeners? Today, man, I'm excited for this one. I have a day trader. Um, I would call him the leader of one of the discords that I'm in about stocks. Uh, I mean, this discord has thousands of people, and he's the top dog. And he's given us a little bit of time today get into some stock talk. Obviously, I'm obsessed with this Wall Street bets thing, so going to ask him some questions about that. And uh, without further ado, we got Calvin from Red Pill Option Trading. I told you guys, what did I say at the beginning of the year? I said we were getting more guests on the podcast this year. And I am delivering, okay? This podcast is going to be very, there's going to be a lot of information in this podcast. I have a feeling, um, and I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to give him a call, and we're going to get right into this thing. My mic sound all right on your end? Yeah, you sound good, man. Um, so, so Red Pill Option Trading is the name of the Discord that we're all in. You have thousands of people, by the way. Does that is that a little bit overwhelming? Um, you know, sometimes I definitely can find myself getting overwhelmed with it. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, what I do is also love the game. It's also free, so. Um, there's not really any pressure uh, for me to uh, you know, do anything in particular. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say I started going live on my Instagram when I first started doing all this. I didn't have the Discord. I was just going live on the Instagram right when the stock market opened and uh, go live for a couple hours. And we went over to the Discord and we started growing like crazy and uh, it was fun. But I stopped going live in the morning, right? So I, I guess I felt a little bit overwhelmed with that or, I, uh, you know, not even overwhelmed. I just, like I said, I, I, there was no pressure. I just stopped going live. There's no pressure, man. It's all good. All the plays are all natural. It's just what I would do anyways. Um, there, there's really no pressure, overwhelming feeling that I get anymore. Now, when I first started, I definitely might have been like, wow, I never expected to be going live for this many people or <laughs> this many people to be taking my advice on, you know, plays or whatever it is. Um, I like to call them suggestions, uh, play suggestions. Uh, but, um, yeah. So. How, um, how many people did you have following you on Instagram before you made the Discord? So I probably had only about 800, yeah, not even 1,000 people yet before oh, I made okay. the Discord. Uh, the, yeah, so the Discord is what really, uh, uh, I guess, kind of helps the community grow. Right. How um, about like how long did it take for that Discord to blow up? Because I joined it. I think I was. I'm pretty late to the party. Yeah. So uh, we start. I mean, we really started the Discord just in August. Oh wow. Um, so we were going. Yeah. So just really a couple months ago, we started the Discord, 
Um, we were going live on Instagram for about three or four months before that too. And then before I was going live, I, I just had the Instagram in general, mm-hmm. uh, where I was just just had the Instagram for another about four or five months before that too. So uh, um, about a whole little bit over a year, about fourteen months since we really started the Instagram and started growing the whole community. Where'd you come up with the name Red Pill Option Trading? <laughs> You know, I, I'm a huge fan of The Matrix. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of The Matrix. Uh, I love it. I love Neo. I, I love the movies. Um, so, you know, just kind of red pill. You know, you go down the rabbit hole. Uh, you unlock everything and, and, and just take it as far as you can, right? We don't want to take the blue pill and, and just wake up in bed and everything be the same. Uh, no, we want to want to take that red pill, right? So The Matrix is really good movie it's my favorite and it was on the spot man it was like i was just i'm making an instagram let's do this and that was the name and never changed it do you um do you work a a job as well or are you just full-time trading yeah so for about the past yes 15 months or so just full-time trading uh options and stocks and everything um mostly options on the trading part but but investing in stocks for the long term too for sure um, but yeah, so I have a, a good friend of mine who uh, owns a restaurant that uh, sometimes I pop in there and uh, when he needs some help and uh, especially with this pandemic going on, uh, the big thing is he's been waiting in, in grocery store lines because all the grocery stores have a certain amount of limits to people that can go in them. Um, so I'll literally sometimes just go either, you know, wait in line for him or, or just pop into the shop and, and make sure that everything's running smooth for him. So wow. my uh, closest friends that I've known for a long time. So, but that's, that, that's, that's no more than two or three hours a week. So, and, and, um, just, just doing the market full time. It's been fun. So for people like people like me, I didn't, I didn't have like a ton of money to put in, um, at first. So if somebody is just getting into this now, uh, I mean, I know there's a ton of hype around, you know, obviously the wall street bets guys, what happened with that? Um, how much, like, what would you say is a minimum for somebody to start investing? Yeah, so well, I was actually just at a, I was super happy yesterday. I got my best friend to start investing, and he asked me the same question. And um, I said, hey, just put $100 in it. Really, whatever extra money you could have that you, you won't be emotional about, right? Something right. that you could kind of tuck away and, and kind of just forget about or, or uh, um, you know, um, make the best educated guess that you can to invest your money in. So um, I think, uh, you know, just getting started is important. You know, getting in the habit of even if it's bi-weekly or, or monthly, whatever it is, putting in a little bit of money into stocks is just, I mean, it's just one of the greatest wealth creations uh, in the world is the stock market. So, um, you know, it, you don't have to be necessarily a genius to pick some of these amazing companies like Apple and Microsoft and all that other stuff. You don't have to chase the hype and all that. Um, but no, to answer your question, yeah, just just generally getting started, a hundred or so dollars, and, and just throwing it in there and really getting those good habits is what's what's important um, to really make something happen. You know, I, I think, uh, or, or to put something into perspective, I should say, is um, you know, a thousand dollars. You know, there's there's uh, people out there who put a thousand dollars into a stock and it goes up uh, 90 percent in one day. Yeah. Right. So. There, there's there's things that could happen out there in the market, and you make nine hundred dollars in a day. And um, if you could kind of rinse and repeat that process and hone those skills, you could take advantage of it, and it, it's all really good. But no, long term investing, 
just buying stocks and holding them for the long term, I think, is, is really the important way to go when you're first starting out, building those good habits and, and just putting them into some good companies with, with, with great track records and just getting into those habits is, is going to be good. Right. I, I, when I first got into it, did the pretty much opposite of that. I had no idea what I was doing. I got into it a few months after, after COVID hit. I put 50 bucks in. And <laughs> the thing is, I put the 50 bucks all in pen gaming and I pulled it all out. I pulled it all out. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. God. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, so uh, it's all good. you had the right mindset. You had the right mindset. <laughs> that, I think uh, what's funny is pen was actually going to be my example. when I used that if you put a thousand dollars in example, I mean, if you put a thousand dollars into pen at the bottom, uh, when it was three or four dollars a share and it runs up here, I mean, you, you, you're sitting on 30, 35 grand. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and I, I do. That thing went up a lot. So, <laughs> so yeah, dude, I mean, you had the right idea. You had the right idea. And, 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 and the more important thing is uh, you just went small with it, which is really good. It, it weren't too emotional about the situation. And it was just kind of a learning experience nonetheless. You can't lose any money and um, just had to learn experience with that whole pen situation so right if i feel the pain on that one man i i am actually in the same exact boat as you uh, i uh, me and my best friend uh, not the me, me and my friend that i started the discord with i should say um we bought pen uh, very very low around six seven dollars um and and sold out around 25 26 i don't know you know i, I just uh it wasn't something that was in my in my long term views. It was more of a trade with the David Portnoy hyping it up and everything. So right. That, that's fine. I'm fine. With with that being said, when would you say is a time to sell or buy? Because I'm I struggle with like I was actually just in a different I was in a different Discord today and we were talking about like FOMO having FOMO. I had uh, I have money right now in organogram and i was like i don't know when i should pull out and they're like dude any any profit is profit period so you can't really just you can't be focused on like how much isn't gonna run up yeah i mean for sure uh, for sure um having a longer you know uh term view is is definitely makes it easier it's like okay i want to hold it this long i really don't care what happens in between um i just want to hold this but um, at the end of the day, if you have those gains and you have the profits, um, I mean, they always say nobody, you know, nobody gets upset taking profits. Nobody goes broke taking profits. But at the end of the day, you, you do get upset when you take profits and the thing runs another, you know, twenty percent or thirty percent or whatever it is. Um, it's hard to call an exact, you know, top or bottom to a stock. I, I always say, don't try to call a top or bottom to the market or a stock in general. Um, definitely try to just set your goals out before you get into the trade. Um, so it's kind of set up like a business. Um, you know, I'm going to get into this trade. I'm willing to risk X amount of percent of my play, like 10%, 20%. And uh, I'm shooting or my target price is, um, you know, 40% gain or, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So always have that kind of laid out before, I think, just to kind of, again, take out that emotion when you're actually in the trade. Um, you know, you have had it laid out before. Um, but, but again, yeah, the emotions are hard to get over. I mean, they say it's 80% emotions, 20% skill of the market. I mean, when, when the stock's running up, the last thing you want to do is take your profits and then watch it run up another 20, 30%. It's a, it's a discipline, right? So just again, building those good habits and that discipline is, is really what's going to give you the longevity in the market. You know, don't, uh, 
no one knows where stock's going on a day-to-day basis. You know, I don't know where stock's going in the next 10 minutes, 20 minutes, <laughs> an hour, six hours. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow morning. Um, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but we like to put, uh, and no one does. No one truly does. I mean, maybe some people have a better understanding or have a better thesis or have some inside information even, but uh, no one truly knows what's going to happen in the, in the next X amount of hours. So, um yeah, it, it, it is something that's hard, but but sticking to the business like plan is, is something that will protect you from those emotions when you're in the trade. Yeah, right. What was it? Um, what was it that made you start trading in the first place? Um, so I think originally what what happened was uh, I knew a, a girl who was making a, who, who made a lot of money on Bitcoin, um, and ah. I. I was just kind of going into the hype, just I mean, just kind of like how everybody else gets in the market. You see some people making a lot of money and and everything, and, and uh, you know, I saw how expensive Bitcoin is. I thought I already missed out on it. I wanted to kind of see what was next, and I wanted to um, you know get involved at least and in, and in, and in, in be involved in whatever was next, right? Um, so that's what what originally got me into it. Um, but then options um, is uh, you know options have been just absolutely insane this past a little over a year uh, with everything going on, especially with coronavirus and all the people coming into the market and stuff. I mean, there's been so many opportunities on a day-to-day basis to take advantage of the options. I mean, um, it really just the, the amount of wealth that I saw um, being being made, not only, you know, through the few members of, of my, you know, family or whoever it may be, uh, friends, you know, the, the market was the place to be. So I wanted to put myself in it. I sold my truck. I uh, had a pool business, sold my truck, uh, and, and just put it basically all in the market and just went in. Damn. What, um, can you explain options a little bit if somebody's listening to this that isn't into, uh, into stocks but wants to get into it? Yeah, for sure. So just the profit, I mean, the main thing that attracts people to options, first of all, is, you know, a stock on a day-to-day basis might move, you know, one, two, three percent. If it's a really good day, the stock will move ten percent. You know, we've been seeing a bunch of crazy stocks move like crazy, but you know, on a general basis, the stock will move. You know, nothing crazy. One, two, three percent a day. Um, now, options, however, you could really take advantage of those one, two, three percent moves and, and create huge, huge percentage returns. Um, and and all it is 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 you're placing a bet on a stock to go up or down. Um, and that bet expires on a certain day. So, you know, you got to get the timing right. you got to make sure that everything's going in your direction. It's a lot more uh, uh, kind of high risk, high reward. Um, but at the end of the day, all it is, it's a, it's a bet on a stock to go up or down um, that expires on a certain date. And, and that's all, uh, you know, a call or a put option is. A call would be you betting on a stock to go up, and the put option would be you, uh, you know, you're betting on the stock to go down. you got to pick your time frame and, uh, and and lay it all out and get in there. Yeah, so options are definitely more risky, but the rewards are what, what brings people into the, to the option world for sure. That might be a good spot to pivot into the chaos that happened with Wall Street bets, um, where... Basically, this is coming from a dum-dum. A bunch of billionaires bet that a stock was going to crash. And was it, it was a Reddit page, right? That yeah, yeah. Reddit, Wall, Wall Street bets. They called the bluff of it? Is that 
Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much just about what happened. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much right on. I mean, uh, the whole situation can get a little bit confusing when people talk about it because they use all the stock market terms. Right. Um, But if we were to take out all the stock market terms, yeah, I mean, it was a bunch of billionaires that uh, bet and um, advocated. I mean, they went on on TV. They put out, you know, huge reports, um, you know, really, really were trying to push this stock down and, and talk down on it. GameStop we're talking about here, and a couple other ones, but GameStop, the one, the one that we'll focus on that um, was bet on the most to go down by these billionaires or hedge funds. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, Wall Street bets basically just called their bluff. So to talk about it in stock market terms real quick, but let's talk about a couple terms so everybody can understand exactly what it is. We'll talk about shorting and, and short squeezes and stuff and all that. Um, but basically, you know, when people... Um, think about a stock. Oh, I'm going to buy a stock. I'm going to watch it go up every dollar. It goes up a share. I make a dollar for every share. I own. Um, well, there's, a, there's another side to that where you bet on the stock to go down. And, um, that, that, that would be the short. That's when you short a stock and if you bet on it to go down and exactly, we had a ton of people betting on the stock to go down more than, more than usual. I mean, um, it, it was getting kind of outrageous how many shares of this company were being traded to the short side. So how many shares were getting bet against, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, someone on, on Reddit, you know, saw this and, and really brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant that he, he saw this and had the conviction um, to get in. And, and something else to say um, really quick before we get into it. I mean, GameStop was like a 3 or $4 stock. Right. Um, this this this, I mean, it didn't really get attention until 13, 20. You know what I mean? That's when um, I started noticing it. Short squeeze. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this thing was getting short squeezed, uh, you know, from the bottom. And it was off of good news. I mean, they increased their online sales. Um, uh, they, uh, they, uh, they brought on the Chewy, someone from the Chewy uh, um, CEO or someone from their high board members or something. And, and he's a really high reputation guy. I mean, they brought him on, and uh, everybody got really excited about GameStop. So the short squeeze was already kind of taking place. And once uh, it started getting brought to the attention to everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, the volume just really shot the stock up in general. Now, what happens is when there's so many people shorting or betting against the stock, and they're wrong, and the stock actually starts to go up, they have to start buying shares too at whatever price you know the stock is trading at, and um, you know there's a couple reasons for that. Um, but one is going to be every single night that someone holds a short position, there's a premium that you have to pay to hold that position. So every night, I mean, you're watching this thing; it, it's hurting. You're watching; it, you're paying a premium on top of all the money you're losing to all these people on a Reddit forum. I mean, everybody on the news is talking about it. You're getting made fun of. One of the guy's wife's divorced him. I mean, it was a whole, you know, <laughs> ca- catastrophe. It was a whole catastrophe for the hedge fund. They got absolutely obliterated by the small guy. Um, and they had to continually buy shares of GameStop at whatever price it was trading at. Just because, I mean, they were either getting called by their banks or called by whoever was holding their position saying, you got to get out of this position you got to buy all your shares back and end this position now so to, to close out their position 
they would have to buy those shares back. And that would shoot GameStop up higher and higher. Of course, everybody's holding the line. It's just the perfect storm for this thing to go crazy. Um, now, I will say for a little bit, everybody was looking for what's next. And we did see a whole fiasco of, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond and AMC and everything else with huge short floats start to get going too. But they were not bet on nearly as much, uh, bet against nearly as much as, as GameStop. And uh, one more thing I want to say here is uh, um, before we go into Robin Hood actually pausing the whole situation and what came out of that is, <clears throat> again, yeah, these guys come on TV. The hedge funds come on TV. You know, they, they want this company to go bankrupt. I mean, GameStop going bankrupt would have been a big victory for these hedge funds. <laughs> they would have been rolling in dough. Um, so they would put out whatever report, true or false, or whatever it was across every brokerage, across CNBC, every news outlet, and they would drive the price down. Now, as soon as we get a little pump from the small people on Reddit, there's suddenly a problem with uh, media and, and everything that's going on. And that's when we got the pause to Robin Hood. And um, again, we all know what happened with that. Obviously, if you pause the buying of a stock... Um, you, you can't do anything but sell it. And then you have hedge funds selling it back and forth to each other, making it look like the price is really coming down. So if you are holding the line, you're getting screwed over either way. Panic and then selling. That's just a whole uh, panic selling and a whole other fiasco to get into. But nonetheless, they paused the buying. They're like, you know what? Stop. We're not doing this no more. You can't buy GameStop. You can't buy this. And then it really got weird. They stopped. You couldn't buy AMD, Starbucks, and, and every, like some of these huge name companies that really affected the market. And the market came down a little bit, and everybody was kind of panicking a little bit. And it, it caused and created a whole thing. Um, and all, all I want to say is I'm just really, really happy for anybody that made money on it. Um, and I'm really, really happy that that dude put out and found such a brilliant trade. It was so brilliant. Can you, can you explain... Because, like, for me being pretty new in this, and I'm assuming there's going to be more people that are pretty new at this, how can a company like Robinhood not let you buy but let you sell? Why Why wouldn't they just – I mean, you've heard Dave Portnoy talk ad nauseum about this. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they pause everything? So this gets a little bit deeper to where I think that a lot of people might, it might go over their head or they might not even start to think about it. And I've, try, I've been trying to bring some attention to it. I've listened to some uh, really smart people talk about this. But um, <clears throat> basically, what happens when you buy an option is you have the right to 100 shares of that stock. Right? So... Mm-hmm. That's the whole other thing that we get into with options. Um, you know, if you buy an option, you have the right to 100 shares of that stock if that bet works out in your favor and you could exercise that contract. Now, what happens is there's a market maker out there. And, and this will get, again, this is really confusing, kind of deep into the stock market. I'll try to make it as, as simple as I can. There's a market maker out there that is putting in all of these orders. You know, every time someone buys an option, every time someone buys a stock, and what happened is there was only 50,000 available shares to be available traded on GameStop. Um, 50,000. That was at the end of January. Um, and what happened was 
there was so much option activity and so many of those options expired in the money. So many people were right on their bet that they were able to get a hundred shares of GameStop, you know, because they were right on their bet. Mm-hmm. The market had to give them a hundred shares of GameStop. There was no shares of GameStop to be had. So there was a problem with the clearinghouse. There was a problem with the underlying fundamentals of the market. And this all comes back to the hedge funds shorting too many shares of GameStop. They shorted more shares than were available to the market. I don't know how it was let to be happen. I know they're trying to do a a full investigation on it. Um, But basically, the option activity and, and so many shares being exercised led to huge problems in the clearinghouses and in the market makers that they had to pause everything. It, it wasn't necessarily Robinhood's fault because we did see other brokerages pause too, buying that day. It was it was a it was a weird phenomenon that we might not ever see again, where there was just too many stocks being uh, too much demand for a stock and and literally not enough stock on the market. Right. Well, do you think right. anything? So is going to happen with, with Robin Hood or anything in these investigations? Yeah, I, sh- yeah, I mean, I, I sure hope that, that something happens with not just Robin Hood, but all these brokerages. I mean, they got to figure that out. I mean, they got to figure that out. And, and what it really comes down to, um, and you'll hear some people talk about this a lot now too, is it, it, the real problem is you should not be able to short that many shares. Right. I mean, if those many shares weren't shorted by the hedge fund, um, then, then that, I mean, first of all, that's the seed of the whole problem, but, Second of all, the whole uh, clearance problem wouldn't have happened because uh, there wouldn't have been so many shares being held on the short end, so much demand on the long side because of the options. Um, and it was just a, a really a whole hurricane of things uh, that happened that, that messed up. And, and Robin Hood caught the, 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 you know, they were kind of the, the face of it all, right? right? But all of these other platforms, they couldn't handle it either. Um, now, Robin Hood, that guy does seem a little bit shaky, right? Right. That, that, uh, <laughs> Vlad? <laughs> that, that Vlad dude seems a little bit shady to me. Um, and, and I know he came on CNBC one day and said, yeah, we don't, liquidity is not a problem. The next day he raised like $4 million. <laughs> and yeah. Like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Uh, so de- definitely a little bit shady. Um, I definitely recommend for people uh, to look elsewhere. Um, and something I heard that was just beautiful is, is if it wasn't a, if it wasn't around before you were born, uh, you probably don't want it to be your platform. Mm. Um, so uh, if, if it wasn't around before you were born, uh, you probably don't want it to be a platform. Now, that's not to say that I don't think Weeble is a good one or some of these other new ones. I think Sophie is another one that a lot of people like. Those, those ones could be all good. Um, but I just think, you know, I think the commissions would actually be worth it uh, to not have to deal with some of these headaches. Because I had thinkers from and E-Trade both those days all throughout that whole fiasco. And they, they were pretty good for the most part. I, like I said, everybody pretty much paused buying of GameStop that day. But um, uh, E-Trade and Thinkersum handled it a lot better. What do you, there. what is a, um, for like a newcomer, what do you think is a easier <laughs> to navigate? Because like, that's the thing that really sucks about how shady that was with Robinhood is it's a very user friendly app. It's 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 really simple yeah. to use. So what would you recommend people move to? Because I think a lot of people are trying to move all of their money. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Robinhood was definitely inter- like user friendly and stuff. And, and Robinhood's funny. It was made with it steal from the rich and give to the poor, <laughs> mm-hmm. and all this happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that uh, I think Weevil. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Weevil free commission, and uh, I've been hearing a lot of good things about Weevil. They let you trade pre market and have you know a bunch of benefits to their brokerage, uh, zero commission. Um, I, I think that that Weeble is good. I like E-Trade and Thinkorswim personally. Um, they, they just, the interface isn't as, as user-friendly. It just isn't. Right. So Weeble definitely for the interface-friendly, for the kind of beginner-friendly one. Um, and then on that point too, Cash App. Cash App, I mean, literally Cash App, you could buy stocks on Cash App and, you know, you get your tax forms that pay you a dividend. If you have a dividend stock, it'll go right to your Cash App. You could reinvest it. It's, it's a literal brokerage too. Um, and, and I like Cash App. I like the amount of um, users and money and, and reputation that they have and all that stuff, too. So Cash App's another one, too. Cryptocurrencies they have on Cash App. So Did they add, like, all, all... Doge and all those? I mean, I know Doge is a joke, but did they add those? Because I thought it was <laughs> just Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. No, Doge is fun. Doge is fun. Uh, I definitely think that uh, uh, they will probably eventually be adding it, but I don't think of, uh, as of now that they have Doge and some of those other smaller ones maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, I would assume that just by popular demand, it'll just be a matter of time. They, they get to make money on all those fees and stuff, um, you know, commissions and fees and whatnot, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, so they want to take advantage of, of more transactions um, oh. in whatever way they can. I will say, um, even though it didn't go, you know, our way, this whole Wall Street bets thing, I didn't have too much in it. I just had a little bit of AMC Enough that I was okay with losing. Um, but, dude, so your Discord, the Wall Street Bets Discord, I was I was pretty heavy in the Wall Street Bets Discord, especially their, um, their voice chat. It was such a beautiful thing having people from all over the world. Just, uh, there was just no, there was no bullshit, man. There was no arguing if people were being dicks they kicked them out it was just uh it was a really fun fun time even though it didn't go our way i know people lost tons of money and that sucks but dude the the time that i had in that wall street beds discord like i said the voice chat one um man it was it really was such a fun time and i hope some people even i mean you know, there's people that lost thousands of dollars. Hopefully, people can take away like what a cool experience this was, and because we probably won't get it again. You know what I mean? One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. I think the the whole Reddit page and then the Discord that they have too. I think it's really cool because there's just no agendas, really. Like you said, I mean, it's just there's no one's trying to you know hurt anybody or or you know pump. Not necessarily, you know, they're just trying to give it to you how they see it, and you can take it for what it is, and it's just nice and 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 true. I mean, it's it's, it's cool. Um, I definitely think that what's really cool about the situation, like you said, is we might not never, uh, we might may never see anything like it again. Um, so it's definitely cool to be a part of. And then another thing too is a lot of people learned a lot. I right. mean, a lot of people just stayed on their computer late at night. They researched the situation. They you know, or they just learn a lot and they know next time how to take advantage of 
whether it's a pump and dump or whether it's, you know, people coming together to pump the stock up, you know, they'll, they'll know how to take advantage of it or, you know, maybe take profits a little quicker, whatever it is. Now, I will say none of them losing money was probably their fault um, because of the, them pressing the pause button. We didn't right. know how high GameStop could have and AMC could have went. Um, it could have went to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but uh, ultimately, you know, it sucks that people did lose money. I think that a lot of people learned a lot. And for the people who recently started trading, uh, the market will do its job. It'll thread out who it needs to and everybody who's serious about it and everybody who learns something and, 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 you know, wants to stick in the game and do bi-weekly or monthly deposits and stuff, whatever it is, they'll, they'll last and, and have, have a good success in the market. It'll be a very good learning experience. Right. This is, um, this is a question from the, your Discord. They said, is, is there euphoria in the market or is it solid growth given the inflation and the government influence? Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a, a euphoria, no doubt. I mean, anytime the market kind of comes up in, in this manner, um, there, there is a bit of euphoria. Um, I mean, it, it, it does align with some of the, you know, kind of macroeconomic indicators that we have out there. I mean, you know, things are reopening, businesses are doing better. We just had a whole slew of earnings reports from some trillion-dollar companies, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, all amazing. Um, that's, that's the meat of the economy right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, you know, so the jobs and, and unemployment, hopefully, hope for the best, get everybody back to work as soon as possible. But, but the market... There's been stages in the market where it's gone up 100% and, you know, on a three- to five-year basis and you know, go up, go up 100% uh, like crazy. It'll just have a crazy bull run. Uh, I think we're up 65% in the past uh, about year and a half or two years. we got to not triple-check all that. But, uh, yeah, so we definitely have some room to go to the upside some more. And the other big thing I, I think about all this, too, about you know why I think that this doesn't need to stop because I'm really bullish on the market right now. Mm-hmm. Um is, you know, there, there's so much money coming in, like you said, from stimulus and everything. Um, I mean, people are getting weekly paychecks and putting it straight into the market. Um, and that's good for them. It's good, good for them. Build your wealth. Right. And, uh, and uh, I, I, think that, I think that that's not going to stop anytime soon with the administration that we have. So I think that everybody is just hitting the buy button right now. Now, I will say if you're young, it doesn't really matter what happens in the market this year or next year. Um, you get on that bi-weekly or monthly monthly uh, habit and really just start depositing that money bi-weekly and monthly. Do that for two, three, four, five years. You'll catch every dip, every high, every whatever. At the end of the day, you'll be in a good position no matter what. Right. Um, so just keep doing that up and build those habits and, and don't really worry about the whole day-to-day or even month-to-month basis. I mean, I think that will be good in the long run. Um, next one is... How do you manage your emotions during trading and avoid making rush decisions? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So again, just uh, you got to treat it like a business. You definitely have to have your plays or trades or thoughts written out or laid out before you even put your money to work. Right. I mean, you can't be putting a thousand dollars to work and and um, not kind of have a plan of, of what happens if this goes wrong or what happens if this goes extremely right? When do I take profits? Um, uh, so, you know, always have a plan. Uh, I like to, in general, you know, if I enter a trade, let's just say $1,000 again, um, and I put $1,000 into a trade, um, 
you know, I'll know what I want to risk. I want to risk 150 bucks. Okay. Uh, I'll literally ride the thing out until I'm down 150 bucks and I'll sell it right then. And, and, uh, I'll forget about it. And I lost my 150. I was wrong. Then I hit my stop loss and it's on to the next one. I know my win rate. I know everything will, will have my back in the, in the long run. Right. <clears throat> um, last one from discord. Can you explain a little bit about candles? I've been hearing a lot and don't know what it means. <laughs> Candles, candlesticks, uh, yeah, um, so candles are basically just data points that we're looking at uh, in the market. So candles are telling you where the price has gone um, or where it's been uh, across a certain period of time. Some candlesticks are, um, you know, one minute of data. Some of them are one hour of data. Some of them are one week of data. You could switch the candlestick to whatever, you know, time frame you want to do it on. But it is just an indicator of where the price has been in the past. Um, there's lines to, there's different types of, um, you know, indicators for where the price has been um, for the graph style. But yeah, candlesticks. I mean, it's just a candlestick, just a, just an indicator of where the price has been in the past. Then, uh, so <clears throat> that's all I got for the stock questions. At the end, every time that I have a guest on, I have a little bit of. Uh, it's a little bit of fun questions that we'll get into, and then if you have anything to plug, I'll let you plug, and then I'll let you get out of here. Go enjoy your day of trading. Um, the first one is you're on a first date with a girl, and her dad hands you the aux cord. What song are you playing? Oh, man, I'm probably going to play... Oh, man, I, I, I'm going to want to play... I'm probably going to want to play something like Billy Idol. I'm going to want to play Billy Idol. That's a good one. Uh... Uh, it's a good option I think uh, you still there oh might have lost him Billy Idol what was it I just I paused the podcast what'd you say uh, white a white wedding by <laughs> Billy Idol that's a, <laughs> that's a good one we're going all in we're, just, we're going with it we're, we're, we're going all in that's a good one. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what I would play. I would probably play like some oldies, maybe like Frankie Valley or something. Ooh, that's a good one. Maybe that's a good one. Maybe maybe some oldies. I I can't go. I'm not gonna go play Twenty One Savage or nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. And, and that'd be tough. Hey, 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 here's the Oxford. What are you gonna? <laughs> you got for me yeah you got for you know i'd probably go with rebel yell over white wedding just because i don't want to go into the whole white wedding yeah i'll go with rebel yell a little more upbeat there you go now more we're thinking about it i'd stick with billy idol i'll go with rebel yell there you go there you go i was off the first time (laughs) if uh next one is you get to pick one fictional character to be a roommate who you picking one fictional character to be a roommate. Oh, uh, I'm going to pick Baby Yoda. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a Baby Yoda. That's a great pick. Mine. <laughs> I'm picking Baby Yoda. <laughs> mine was not that thought out. I was going to go with uh, with Blake from from Workaholics because I think it would just be a blast. That would be a blast. Mine wasn't thought out at all either, man. What would I do with Baby Yoda? I don't, I, I don't know, but I was letting you go with it. 
man, now I'm thinking about it. What would I do with Baby Yoda crawling around my house? I'd have to, would I have to bathe him? Would he be able to do things himself? Oh, man. He would probably, yeah, yeah, he'd probably make a huge mess with, like, his force and shit. That could be a nightmare for you. He'd be riding around my Alaskan Malmute like a, like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Next. No, no, okay. So, You're yeah, changing? Oh, yeah. Baby Yoda. I, I, no, I'm sticking with Baby Yoda. We're sticking with Baby Yoda. He's my guy. Okay, all right. Next one. Would you rather watch <laughs> softcore porn forever or minor league sports? So basically, you just get like oh, Cinemax or no pro sports. Wow! Wow! You know what? I I'm I'm I, I I might have to go with Cinemax and just have to get you know have to satisfy myself in other places. I, uh, I agree. I'm not getting I'm not getting the same satisfaction with with minor league versus. <laughs> yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go with the soft. I'm gonna go with the soft. Yeah, I I was. Uh... You know, I was leaning when I wrote this one down. I was leaning towards the minor league sports, and then I started to think about what sport I would watch, and I couldn't name one single team. <laughs> so, so I'm 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 with you on that one. Then uh, last one we got: How many rats would it take to overwhelm and kill you if you just have wow. a, a bunch of rats running at you? figure out I'm stomping out at least at least I'm stomping out and squeezing uh, at least you know ah man 30 40 50 <laughs> before they really just maybe start gnawing or the eyes or private I don't know I fall on the ground I don't know I, it might take a lot of rest I'm stomping but but they they could overwhelm and climb up your body and cover your body in a second man it would be it would be it'd probably get 30 done and, and then I'd be overwhelmed after about 30 40 of them so, of course, I get an advantage because I, I wrote these down so I get to think it out. So my thought was if it was just like some bitch-ass rats from like a suburb, I'm probably, I mean, upwards of like 100. If it's like a New York, like a New York City rat, I mean, I'll be lucky if I get to 50. You know what I mean? Those things, <laughs> those things are, are monsters. All right, brother. I appreciate you coming on here. Do you have anything that you wanted to talk about or anything you want to plug? So real quick, um, we'll go with, uh, you got to make a, uh, you got to make a, a, a Pokemon starting five right here. What is the starting five for your Pokemon? Oh shit. I was unprepared for this. (laughs) Um, what is your starting five for your Pokemon squad? Damn. Um, are we talking like basic Pokemon or like evolutions as well? No, you know, just your, I mean, favorite as a kid, favorite card, which is the ones that mean the most to you, favorite in general Ooh. for whatever reason, just your five bang, like your five, you know, not the most elite that can go right. against anyone, but right. just the, the five, your favorite ones. I'm definitely throwing Pikachu in there. Definitely Charmander. Sure. Charizard would be too unfair. Um, Maybe like Gengar. Uh, probably probably Gyarados. Gyarados. Um, oh, Gyarados. And 
I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Mewtwo in there. Mewtwo, yeah, I'm a huge fan of all the OG ones as well, like Onyx and all that. Yeah, I can't I I, uh, I, I can't get into the new ones, but those are those are probably gonna be my five. Do you have a Do you have a top five you were going with? You know, like I, I got Mewtwo in there for sure. Onyx, I said I got Onyx in there. You can't not have Pikachu and Charizard in there, just like right. in general. You right. can't not have Pikachu and Charizard in there. And then, um, and then I love, uh, I love, uh, I love Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur is the dude. That's okay. Why I always picked, uh, and, and I like Bulbasaur. Did you Did you collect the cards as a kid? So I did, yeah. I did collect the cards as a kid. Unfortunately, I don't have too much of the fruits of my labor uh, for, <laughs> my, for my work as a kid. Uh, but I recently started to get back into sports cards, uh, and uh, I've been I've been absolutely loving that. Now, right. uh, they're a little overpriced right now, so I'm chilling on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they but, really are. But, I mean, it's been crazy, man. I can't they're, go to it. I've been trying to find them at Target or Walmart. I've found them like two or three times out of the like 15 times I've gone. It's bro, crazy. it's ridiculous. They're ba- I mean, essentially, each card is a, is a share of a stock at this sure, point. Sure, 100%. <laughs> each pack of cards, each box yeah. in the store, yeah. each box is a, is a stock, just the boxes. Because you can buy the box for thirty forty, and then go sell it for two fifty three hundred, Right. And people will buy it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going on to these Instagram lives on some people. There's grown men spending thousands, $10,000 a night on these cards. And I'm like, you're the problem. Right, <laughs> exactly. Prices are so crazy, but it's fun. I get it. I was into it when I was younger. I'm starting to get into the basketball cards again. And I got to I gotta find some of those OG Pokemon cards because those ones are really, really cool, those old ones. Yeah, I, and I think, like you said, like if you just chill on them right now, the market is crazy. Especially with guys like Gary V, like hyping it up and pumping, and Logan Paul, obviously. Like, I think once that dies down a little bit, if you just want to collect to collect, I think that's going to be great. If you're trying to flip them, though, I mean, there's no better time than right now. Yeah, yeah man. Um, I, I think that I saw some of your other podcasts. I you know you're talking about some cards a little bit and, and some other stuff. So I know you got involved with them and stuff a little bit but that's awesome i think they're fun i think they're cool and i'm just gonna hold on to them for a long i have no plans on like selling any of them you know what i mean I don't right to try to flip them or anything right i uh hold them till I'm old. i fund my pokemon addiction by flipping sports cards <laughs> oh there we go there we go so do you have some luck finding some at stores you no i got in um i actually got in like Two summers ago, when Gary V was talking about Giannis cards, that's when I started buying uh, as much as I could. Got in at a great time. Yeah, so now I'm just kind of sitting on them. There's this company called Starstock, which is like I said, they treat each card like a piece of stock. And uh, I sent tons of cards to them. They're a little backlogged right now, but once that happens, I mean, once they get my stuff processed, I'll. I think I'll be looking. I'll be in the green <laughs> to the yeah, mo- to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. To the moon. No, man. I see what you're doing with the podcast and everything. It's amazing. I, I really do appreciate you um, coming on. There's not too much I have to plug or anything besides um, a Roth IRA. Uh, if you don't know what it is, go to investopedia.com and look up the difference between a Roth IRA and traditional IRA. Um, the Roth IRA is something I definitely want all my friends and family and everybody to just have some uh, get interested in and create. Now, that's something that uh, you can take advantage of when you retire and kind of find some loopholes in taxes and stuff. So um, 
I think the Roth IRA, uh, $6,000 a year into that account, uh, or however much you can into a Roth IRA, but they max you out at 6000 because they don't want you to take advantage of more than that. And um, the Roth IRA is, is really the only thing I have to plug. Redco Option Trading, the Discord that we have, uh, everything's free there, guys. We're just trying to help out and kind of bridge the gap for everybody who's trying to get started with the market and, um, and, and, and help them out in any way we can. So I have a couple people that I met through Instagram that actually helped me out with that. Um, so shout out to uh, Coastway Invest and shout out to uh, Tiffany. Um, they, they really, really helped me get that started. And I appreciate them a lot. Um, but other than that, the only the only thing I got to plug is my mama because she's the best. But hmm. man, what you got going on is, is really awesome. And and I had some fun here today. So so thank you, man, for having me on. Awesome, man. Anytime, anytime you want to come on, we can definitely set something up. I appreciate your time. Awesome, and, man. Yeah, hit me up whenever. All right, sounds good. Have a great day, man. Have a good one, boss. See you. All right, man. That was Calvin. I told you guys that was going to be a great episode. I I told you. I told you it was going to be a good one, and it was. We delivered. I hope you guys learned something. Um, and I think there's no other song to go out than this one. Until next time, guys. Peace.